This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric. Just me today. I have no guest host with me, for it is Chris's birthday. He's the one that's on uh, the podcast with me every single week, so I want to wish him a happy birthday. I hope he's having a good day. Um, but as of right now, uh, there's not many NFL news going on right now. I have a couple things written down. I'm going to go over it real quick. So I'll give you guys a rundown of what has happened in the past week since we last recorded. All right, so let's jump right into it. Okay, so the Patriots and defensive end, Michael Bennett have agreed to a reworked two-year deal with a base value of $16.75 million, including a $4 million signing bonus. Michael Bennett gets a guarantee, gets guaranteed money and more upside, while the move creates $700K in cap space for the Patriots in 2019. Um, this comes after free agency has already occurred, which is a little confusing to me. And reason that is is because a lot of the NFL free agents that have come about um, – in the last month, I've already been signed pretty much. There's some leftover guys. The Raiders are picking up some guys. I'm gonna get into that, get into that later on. But um, yeah, uh, that's such a Patriots thing to do is kind of just wait out a little bit and free up cap space later on. That's a little confusing. That's why they did that. But there is always a method to the madness. Um, what I think about this signing, uh, not the worst signing in the world, I would say, because. Uh, Michael Bennett, his bad years are behind him, but he's not a bad guy to sign to your team. So, as you guys know, I am a Giants fan. If the Giants did sign him to a two-year deal, I wouldn't be mad either, especially with the help they need on the offensive line, uh, sorry, defensive line, um, since the moves they've been making have kind of taken a toll on their defense a little bit. See, that wouldn't be a bad thing, um, especially since he was on the Eagles. The way I saw him play this year, he mostly came in and out, so he was used a little bit differently in Philadelphia as opposed to how he was used um, in Seattle. Um, but now with the Patriots, that's not the worst signing in the world. I think they're going to use him a lot better, um, depending on how their new defensive coordinator comes about. Um, we'll see exactly how that comes around. But only a two-year deal, not a full commitment to the players, so you're not signing him to a longer-term deal. If they gave him a four-year deal, it would be a little weird, um, especially with the amount of money they could have given him, but they gave him a two-year deal. Um, I think they met in the middle there, and I think it was a perfect signing. So moving on here. We got the Lions signing former Rams and Broncos veteran running back C.J. Anderson. And C.J. Anderson is coming off a pretty decent year. (laughs) I would say great year, but he didn't have a full year of play. Um, He pretty much um, was signed to the Panthers, got cut, got signed to the Raiders, got cut, and then towards the end of the season, towards the playoffs, um, was signed to the Rams. Um, They picked him up until the remainder of the season because Todd Gurley, which was revealed later on that he had arthritis in his knee, um, so his injury was never really disclosed during the season. Uh, I'm not sure what that says for the Rams because they didn't say that, uh, come the Super Bowl. And so pretty much he got, he got more carries in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs, he had hundred yard games. I think he had 400 yard games before, um, the Super Bowl even happened. So he was having a pretty decent, uh, later season. So that's good. That team show interest in him. The fact that it's the Lions confuses me a little bit because you have a guy in Carrion Johnson who only had around 600 yards rushing this whole season because he was plagued with injuries for a little bit. Hopefully he's healthy come this season because I really want to see what this guy has in store next. And also, he's the first 100-yard rusher that they had in a long time, and that was also against the Patriots, I believe. I think it was a Monday night football game. Um, I don't think it was a Thursday game. It could have been, but I think it was a Monday night game. But you get the point. That occurred this season. So that's like an upside for them on their part. Um, but signing CJ Anderson, all right, this guy's a bigger guy. A lot of the memes on the internet is that he's like one of the fatter running backs in the league, kind of reminiscent of Eddie Lacy a little bit. Um, 
and I'm not, I'm just confused how they're going to use him in Detroit. And, and not saying this is a bad signing. I think anyone who would have taken C.J. Anderson, who's in a weird role with their running back, again, it's the second year coming for on Johnson. You'd like to see him take the next step. He put, took a pretty decent first step as a rookie. Again, I think he's a day two, day three pick, but um, you really want to see him go to the next level. But signing C.J. Anderson, which it pretty much means you want to use him as a bruising running back. And they, don't forget, they have Theo Riddick as well. He's a passing back. So I, I pretty much thought it was going to be a one-two punch with on Johnson and Theo Riddick, but now they have C.J. Anderson. I'm very, very intrigued as to how they're going to use him. As for the Rams, getting rid of him wasn't the best option. I'm not sure why they did, um, especially since Sean McVay was very vocal about saying, uh, yeah, we'll bring him back next. We'll be more than happy to bring him back next season. And I thought that would have been a great pickup again to kind of re-up him to like a one, two-year deal maybe um, just because Todd Gurley, I know he's been signed to a big contract. Guy can do everything and catch out of the backfield. Um, you can line him up. Um, you can run him. He's a bruising back, and he, he year in and year out, especially over the past two years, he's been considered an MVP candidate at some point during the season. So you want to use him more than C.G. Anderson is what I'm getting at. But if anything goes wrong with Todd Gurley, then you have to use C.G. Anderson. That's also not a bad thing to do, considering their offensive line is so good. And C.G. Anderson was already getting the hang of it towards the end of the season with all those hundred yard games and. I think that would have been a better signing if they kind of brought him back, but I'm very intrigued as to how they're going to use him in Detroit, especially considering um, there's some pieces there that have already been filled, but now you add another piece, and you have to try to find a way to fit him into the equation there. So very interesting. Excited to see that. Um, Duke Johnson uh, and his representatives have asked the Browns to trade him. Texans, Eagles, and Jets have all shown interest, Um, and I'm going to review the stats with you in a second on Twitter via Field Yates. But what I think of this is, I th- it's been rumored for a very long time, especially during free agency, that Duke Johnson was going to get signed to another team, um, or get or get traded. I think it was just trade because uh, he signed a, he signed another deal with them because he's been with the team since 2015, so he would have been well and out of his uh, rookie contract. Duke Johnson, his play should not go unnoticed, especially be- with you know trade talks with other teams. There's a lot of teams with a lot of um, you know holes to fill in that backfield. Um, again, he's a He's a catching running back. He's pretty good at it. He's been around with the team ever since that 0-16 year and that 1-15 year. And um, he's been through it all. And he's been kind of the bright spot of it all, um, regardless of what anyone thinks. He's the one that kind of delivered, and he's been there since the very beginning. So I feel like teams shouldn't really overlook him as much as they should. So let's go over Duke Johnson notes that Field Yates has um, put up on his Twitter account. You can check him out there. I think he's got... One of the best stats on any other team. He got some. He's got some great tweets. If you're looking for a laugh and you're looking for some uh, sports updates, definitely follow Field Yates uh, from ESPN on Twitter. So, some Duke Johnson notes. He's under contract until 2021, so they're looking to trade him. Due to base salaries, uh, he's due base salaries of 1.8 million, 3.6 million, and 4.65 million. Since entering the NFL, since entering the NFL in 2015, he leads all running backs with 2,170 receiving yards, third in running back receptions since 2015 with 235 yards, and the most intriguing uh, fact of them all is that career rushing average of 4.3 yards per carry on 299 attempts. So even though this guy catches the ball to the backfield mainly. You can run the guy if you want to. And let's look back real quick at the teams that are interested. So you have the Jets, who have some holes to fill there, um, but not too many because uh, they just signed Le'Veon Bell to a massive contract. But like I said before, when you sign guys like that, you want to have a serviceable backup because if we're going to use him, 
um, as a three down back, you really want to get the next guy in to make that next first down before putting them back in. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I kind of compared that to C.J. Anderson in a sense. Though C.J. Anderson, I feel as though he's a more of a bruising back because he's much bigger and much bulkier. Um, the Texans. I'm not sure what they want to do with Lamar Miller moving forward. He's definitely not the long-term goal. He's a veteran guy. He was a veteran even when he came in the first year when he was in uh, when he was in Miami before uh, transitioning over to uh, Houston. Um, and then there's the Jets, who definitely need another guy on the depth chart to kind of help them out. They still have Bilal Powell. Isaiah Crowell was recently signed to the, the Raiders, so he's out. Um, but, you know, more depth wouldn't hurt anyone. And then who is the last team here that I wrote down? Uh, the Eagles. Uh, Eagles is strange. We're gonna get into that a little later because they just signed their running back, so I feel like they have they just traded for a running back. Excuse me, and it makes a lot more depth in their lineup. So we're gonna take a look at that later. For me, Duke Johnson, I feel like would be a perfect fit for the Texans. Um, I feel like they really don't have anything to lose there. Whoever you add on that depth chart um, for running backs is is gonna help you a lot. I think he would be a decent weapon for Deshaun Watson. I feel like he can play around with him a little bit because Lamar Jackson, even though he can catch out of the uh, Lamar Jackson, excuse me, Lamar Miller uh, can catch out of the backfield. Um, he's more of a running type guy, and again, at his age, you really don't want that. You know, you really can't get much out of him doing that. Uh, he always has up and down seasons, especially um, fantasy wise, because I somehow land with him in fantasy all the time. But he ends up being a pickup later in the season because he always has that hundred yard game um, that you're expecting the, the following game, and then there's an injury. It always happens, and I feel like if the Texans just pick him up, um, I feel as though that'll help him out just a little bit, especially in the in the pass passing down situations. Um, so I'm fully expecting Texans to be all in on him. Um, not sure uh, if they'll re up him the next year. I think they should, um, but definitely look out for the Texans signing Duke Johnson. All right. So Tom Brady, as you guys know, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, has recently joined Twitter, but he didn't join Twitter. Um, like a normal person should. He joined April 1st, which all you guys should know is April Fools. And April he made an April Fools joke that said, "I'm retiring from the NFL. I'm going to spend the rest of my time tweeting #LFG, which is let's effing go." And that was his first tweet on Twitter. So that was and then he re- replied to it saying, "Was that a bad joke?" So pretty much he told the world um, he was retiring as an April Fools joke and doing so, he also joined Twitter and everyone was beloved from that um which brought up some questions for me with Gronkowski retiring and I know we went over this this week okay uh last week excuse me uh I I wonder how he's going to adjust to the team now because again you have Julian Edelman who's who came off an ACL tear now he's Super Bowl MVP had a fantastic year don't get me wrong but that but ACL tears linger with you for a very long time right I've ter- I've torn my ACL before. I don't want to compare myself to Julian Edelman because I'm not a wide receiver, and you know those guys get ex- insanely good doctors to try to recover them. So who knows how he feels? But I feel like crap each and every day. So putting that into consideration, um, you have Danny. Uh, I almost said Danny Amendola. He's not on that team anymore. Um, Julian Edelman, right? Who you have to use heavily now since Rob Gronkowski has retired. He's been threatening, not threatening, but he's been hinting at retiring for the past couple of years now. And now he's finally done it. Um, I think they just signed a tight end, like I think like a backup tight end out of nowhere for like a one year deal or a minimal deal. And then we, I fully expect them to draft a tight end uh, later in the first round where they're um, positioned since they won the Super Bowl. So like the last pick in the first round, I think they're going to get a tight end. Because that's just the Patriots' way. How is he going to adjust to this new 
role for that new tight end and Julian Edelman. I'm very, very curious as to how they're going to do this because, again, Chris Hogan is still a free agent. They haven't signed him again. It was hints that Danny Amendola was going to sign back with the Patriots after the first after the first season he was with uh, Miami, but he ended up going to Detroit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see that. And with all the all the great moves that the Jets are making right now, if it, if there's a flip in this division in the AFC, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, but I know they're going to have us thinking that they have us thinking that every every single year we say each and every year after they win the Super Bowl because they lose so many guys because they have them on rental deals that they're just going to go to you know just go to crap. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be just fine. I just I'm just very curious as to how they're going to you know utilize each and every weapon without each team figuring it out. But again, you can't doubt Bill Belichick. He has always had something up his sleeve. In reality, he is the Super Bowl MVP. I mean, the guy made some adjustments that no other coach can do if you put them in that position. So. It was very exciting to watch, and I'm excited to see them this year, and I'm excited to see what the Jets have in store because the Patriots always seem to have their number. Um, actually, the Jets always seem to have their number, but then the Patriots always kind of come back around and pull the win away, and people tend to forget that the Jets each and every year put up a nice game with them. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, Browns have officially introduced Odell Beckham Jr. on Monday, April 1st, with Baker Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, and Miles Garrett. So they were all at the conference uh, as well, the press conference. And then shortly after, Nike had released um, an ad featuring Jarvis Landry and Odo Beckham Jr. showing that they were chasing their dreams, and it was just pretty much this big ad for Nike, pretty much. Um, I thought it was pretty cool how they introduced him. I was hoping it was an April Fool's prank because, you know, I'm a Giants fan, so all of you out there that want to put that into perspective for me, it was hard to watch him hold up a Browns uniform wearing a Browns hat. Um but I'm excited to see him play because now he has that young quarterback he's always wanted. Uh, the Giants didn't provide that for him, unfortunately. And they're looking to do that this year, maybe. Who knows what's going to happen in this draft, but it's a little too late now. Um, but yeah, uh, I, we've mentioned this last week as well, but I want to go over it again for those of you that missed it. So I still don't think the Browns have what it takes to leave that division in first place. And here's why. Um, I think the Steelers are still very high-powered regardless. Um, you got Juju there, you got James Conner there, and those guys have done it before in the absence of Le'Veon Bell and and Antonio Brown when things, you know, went to the ground. Um, so the more usage those guys get, I think they're, just, they're still going to be a team to look out for. And then, again, their offensive line is still intact no, no one's gone anywhere really and i think and i think they'll be just fine and the other thing is the ravens if they somehow game plan around lamar jackson so that they don't have to use him each and every play um as a running back you know he's basically a quarterback but he can run the ball as well and then they don't have him throw as much because his lack of throwing ability if they somehow improve that and kind of work around that and still get um Wide receivers involved, I think they can be in second place, and I don't see the Browns getting second place this year, and I think the Ravens can kind of sneak out with it. If that's the case, and you know they use him incorrectly, if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, I think the Browns can sneak in there. But I still don't think they're going to get first place. A lot of people have the spotlight on them as being the first place team because they have Odell, they have Jarvis, they have Miles Garrett, they just got Olivier Vernon from the Giants, and then they have Demarius Randall, they have Denzel Ward, and then... You know, I can name all these players all day. They have some solid players on the team. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're going to put it together this year. They have a new head coach. Don't forget about that. Their GM is basically brand new. He's made some solid moves. He's actually doing what a GM is supposed to do. But he's getting he's now getting used to the new coach who is who is still on the staff, but he was a running back coach and like you really need to put it together in that perspective. I think next year will be their year, or maybe the year after. I don't think this clicks right away. There's a lot of young players here, so if this isn't their year, they'll get it the next one. But I again, just telling you all out there, I don't think the Browns put it together this year. If they somehow make it out 
of that division in first place, especially with the Ravens and you know the Steelers who make the playoffs year in and year out, and then you know the, the Ravens just made the playoffs this year with Lamar Jackson towards the end of the season. I'll be very, very surprised, and also that would be a big change for this league, and I think the league will have a lot of new faces uh, watching, and you know, lots of new eyes, lots of new, you know, TV screens turned on, and then you can turn people around to actually watching the game because the Browns aren't considered a bad team anymore. Um, their, their time will come eventually, but we'll see how this pans out. So here's what I really wanted to talk to here, uh, talk to you guys about here. Bears have traded Jordan Howard, their running back, to the Eagles. For a 2026th round pick, talk about a highway robbery done by the Eagles. The Eagles have had one of the most fantastic off seasons to date, and even though you can you can make an argument that the Jets and the Raiders have done so as well, but the rate but the Eagles kind of quietly did a very good job of um, getting the players that they wanted, and you know doing it on a budget. And this trade says a lot for the team. Okay, so the Eagles. They haven't had the bruising running back that they've wanted for a very long time. Jordan Howard is that guy. I feel back for Jordan. I feel bad for Jordan Howard, excuse me, because he's been used very. He wasn't very used properly in Chicago. I feel like when John Fox was there, he didn't really use him that much when they wanted to. And when he, they did use him, you also you also saw some positives, not many negatives. And Matt, Matt Nagy comes in, and you also draft Tariq Cohen, who had a fantastic year. So it's hard to not put him in game situations where you need him because he has the speed, the guy can run, and he puts up the points. And I feel like Jordan Howard was really only used, like he had 13 rushes, 33 yards, maybe 45 yards at most, with two touchdowns or one touchdown. He was used as kind of that guy. And that's kind of the role that Leonard Fournette picked up this season. That's kind of his MO. And I don't think that's his MO. They just were kind of forcing this narrative on Jared, um, Jordan Howard that that was the way – they were supposed to use him, and it doesn't have to be that way. So I feel like sending him off for a six-round pick, that's not even this year's draft pick. Um, I think the, the Jordan, Howard, Jordan Howard trade w- was really the Eagles striking gold. You know what I mean? And so let's go over the the Eagles offseason uh, off for a second here. So the Eagles having a nice offseason, like I mentioned before. They have added Deshaun Jackson, who's been an Eagle before. He knows exactly the ins and outs of Philadelphia. They signed Malik Jackson. Jordan Howard, they get traded. Vinny Curry. Yeah, they signed back after being in Tampa for a year. L.J. Fort, Andrew Sindejo from the Vikings. Um, and they also re-signed Brandon, Ing- Brandon Graham, who wasn't looking to be re-signed. There was rumors that he would also go to the Giants to get more money, but they brought him back against Super Bowl champion. He made a big play against Tom Brady um, in the Super Bowl that they won. They re-signed Ronald Darby. Richard Rodgers, who was a former Packer, um, who could be a reliable deep threat if you need him to be, but you know Carson Wentz may not have the Aaron Rodgers arm, but not the worst signing in the world. And uh, the in the draft they own they own a first rounder and two seconds. Oh, what did that mean there? Own first rounder and two seconds. Not sure what that means. If you guys can tell me, let me know. And we'll get 2020 comp um, compensatory picks for Foles and Tate leaving. So these guys have added some pretty nice, you know, assets this off season. And to me, Jordan Howard strikes to me the most. I feel like he fits so perfectly with this offense. Doug Peterson can actually use this guy because previously um, they had Jay Ajayi who who they got via trade from uh, the Dolphins, I think for a fourth. So you get Jordan Howard for a sixth, that's really a steal in my opinion. And and mind you, I like Jay Ajayi a lot. I feel like he fit the scheme a lot there too because he won a Super Bowl with them, so he put in his fair share of work. You got Corey Clement who is a pass down back, but he could also run if you need him to. And then they they have a really 
solid depth chart there and Wendell Smallwood and, you know, and it goes on and on and on. But the point I'm trying to get across here is Jordan Howard, you could actually put him in for three downs in a row if you wanted to because this guy could also catch, put that in perspective. And you really can't tell what his strategies, his, hold on, excuse me. You really can't tell what his strengths are just by those couple years he was in Chicago because, again, he was used improperly. I feel as though, you know, Tariq Cohen's shining light there is is going to be a positive for the Chicago Bears, but I definitely think getting rid of him was a solid thing. This guy's worth a fourth, you know what I mean? And, and they ended up kicking him out the door for a sixth. Um, I definitely sh- I hope the Eagles use him properly. This guy's a bruising back. They've run, they ran him 30 times once um, in Chicago, and it turned out pretty good for them. Dude has a solid highlight tape on YouTube. I've seen it many, many times, and I, I've always studied this guy's game. I pick him up, I pick him up in fantasy each and every year, thinking things are going to change, especially when Matt Nagy came around. He was a new co- who knew new coordinator and it didn't happen so if if the Eagles can kind of give this guy the ball 14 15 times a game and kind of take the pressure off Carson Wentz their offense is going to look solid so I definitely think I definitely wish good luck to Jordan Howard there I see him fitting in that giant in that um excuse me the (laughs) I see him fitting in the Eagles uniform very very well um he's going to do just fine uh I'll keep a close eye on that too so I want to talk about this as well Dolphins have traded Robert Quinn to the Cowboys for a 2026 round pick as well so, here's what I think of this trade. And I know he's a much older guy. Um, he's his, his better years are behind him. But what I think about this is the Cowboys are more than ready. I think they're pretty much preparing um, for DeMarcus Lawrence to, eventually, to sit out for the most part of their you know, camp and then also the beginning of the season. I've had a friend today tell me that he may even sit out the first five games before coming back and maybe even getting a deal. But what I heard, what he's asking is $22.5 or $23 million per year when the Cowboys have only offered $20 million. Listen, I'm, all, I'm a fan about getting your money. I definitely think Le'Veon Bell at the end of the day won getting his money. Most people may disagree, which is okay, because he left $14 million on the table for that franchise tag. But I think he was making a statement there. The thing for Demarcus Lawrence is he already knows his worth, so he wants to get paid what he wants. And I don't even. I, and honestly, signing Robert, getting Robert Quinn for that trade isn't the worst because he's 28. I, I'm not going to be out there and say, you know, NFL players as soon as they turn 27 aren't good players. As a defensive player, if you still got it, you got it. You know what I mean? And this guy's been with the Rams for six years. Dolphins for the one year, and then Cowboys bring him in. If Demarcus Lawrence wants to sit out, so be it. I definitely don't think Robert Quinn is the worst in the world, but I definitely think the Cowboys are in trouble. They don't have many options to be signing people. Uh, for crying out loud, they got rid of Cole Beasley to go to the Bills. Um, if anything, that saves them some money. He's a reliable guy that they had for a couple years, but if he's walking, then who knows what Demarcus Lawrence will do. Someone will have money to pay him. Um, but I definitely think the Cowboys are going to lose a good one if you don't sign this guy. So hopefully you guys come and reach a deal. Um, as, a, as a Giants fan, I'm sad to say that, but DeMarcus Lawrence is a once-in-a-lifetime talent, and not many come around as easy as you think. So um, it looks to me that DeMarcus Lawrence will be out for a very large part of the offseason. Um, I fully expect him to come back and put up a fantastic year under the franchise tag. Listen, it's not the worst thing in the world. You get some pretty decent money out of it for the one year, and hopefully you can come to terms on a deal um, before um, he looks elsewhere. So Raiders sign linebacker Brandon Marshall. To a one-year deal worth up to four point one million, and Isaiah Crowell to a one-year, uh, one-year deal worth two point five million. I completely forgot Brandon Marshall was a free agent. Um, as a linebacker, I definitely think a lot of teams need help there. So, for example, the Bengals and the Giants need help. 
And the Raiders, who have spent a lot of their money, or the least amount of their money, on these nice players that are in their 30s and, you know, their best years are behind them. And, but they still have some fuel left in the tank. I definitely think Brandon Marshall, if he was signed to the Giants, I put that, end, I put that into perspective a little bit and think that would have been a good signing if the Giants got him somehow. But the Raiders ended up doing so, and they also have Burfix, so... They have some depth there, and they have guys that are only there on a one-year deal, and they have all these picks in the upcoming draft, and then who knows how they're going to do next year. I don't think they're going to do as great as everyone thinks. They definitely still think that they're going to you know, keep building through their drafts, and eventually they'll be built to the team they need to be because, again, John Gruden signed to a 10-year deal. So you have some time to rebuild this whole thing from the bottom up. And you also signed Isaiah Crowell, who put some depth into this running back um, situation right now in that depth chart. So they have they have Doug Martin, um, and they also have Marshawn Lynch coming back, and now Isaiah Crowell. So you pretty much you rotate between these guys. No one's re- going to really stick out in that backfield. Everyone's much older. Crowell is much younger out of the bunch. Um, I definitely think they're going to use him to to an extent. I definitely think he's going to have the same role he did with the Jets, um, where he was used very like back and forth with Bilal Powell in a sense. Um, it, it's weird to me because I definitely thought for a second that he was going to be. Uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to be signed to the Raiders to give some depth there. Uh, not depth, but he's going to be the number one guy. You know what I mean? But he didn't end up getting signed there. He went to the Jets. So I'm intrigued by the Raiders. I'm surprised they're getting these guys to sign these minimal deals. Maybe these guys are just desperate to be signed to a team, and you give them their money, and they'll go. And I think there's upside there because now there's a, there's a form of attractiveness that bring that will bring people over because you're going to get a young run, young quarterback in Derek Carr who has a year, has a year that he needs to prove um, that that contract – that large contract that he signed was worth it. And then there's, you know, Antonio Brown, who's there for three years, and you're really going to use those years wisely because you give him all that money, and that's the money he didn't have when he was with Pittsburgh. And then, you know, you get get Vontez perfect, and there's all this talent, and then you have all those first-round picks. And it looks to me in this upcoming draft, you literally take a shot in the dark at any person that you see, and it's going to be a solid pick. Like, that's the way this this is looking, especially for defense. And you know the Raiders have been needing defensive players for a very long time because their roster consisted of one of the older uh, one of the older players in the league. So it really averaged up to being one of the oldest defensive fronts in the league. So I'm excited to see that. Very intrigued that Brandon Marshall didn't go elsewhere, but pretty solid signing by the Raiders. Can't go wrong there. So... Speaking of the Bengals as well, Bengals owner Mike Brown says they will not extend quarterback Andy Dalton's contract before the 2019 season. Um, this isn't a surprise to me. Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton. He's even become a like a pretty much his name has been associated with being an average quarterback. It's like because when people say in conversations like, "Would you rather have a Tom Brady or a guy who was average year in and year out like Andy Dalton?" Like I've heard many of many times that people have considered him only an average quarterback. Um, this doesn't come as a surprise to me. Uh, they're one of the candidates to try to take that third, uh, that third pick in the first round from the Jets, which may be possible. They may even try to get Haskins uh, before the Giants do, or they may even trade with the Giants so the Giants move down. Something may happen in this draft, which means, in my opinion, if they're the sixth pick, they may even get like Drew Locke or. It, it it just really depends where Kyler Murray gets drafted, but I, I definitely think Daniel Jones and Drew Locke will be a perfect fit over there with the Bengals, especially with Zach Taylor, who's the brand new head coach, especially since they haven't had a brand new head coach in years and years. And you bring this guy in, it's kind of a new face and kind of a new system now. And he's a quarterback coach, so you can really get along with the guy that you bring in. And um, yeah, I don't, you're, you're not going to extend any Dalton. I think that was a given there. But I'm excited to see who they draft. There's a lot of potential 
you know, teams willing to trade up with the Jets or the Giants to get that third or sixth pick. I don't think the Giants are for sale, but the Jets definitely are. We mentioned that last week that they're very interested in moving back down because they don't need anyone that far up where they can get a defensive asset maybe. So I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, very interesting uh, rule change that we didn't go over last week. So we went over the block, uh, the blindside uh blindside blocks or tackles are now illegal which a lot of people are questioning because those are one of the bigger plays that you'll see like if you want to see highlight film nine times out of ten those guys are putting it um on their highlight reels and a lot of people are angry about it because it makes the game much more interesting but also it's a dirty play if someone's not looking and you block them like that or if you you hit stick them while they're not looking that's not cool but for those of you that don't know the rule pass interference calls and non-calls can be challenged during the game before two minutes after two minutes it goes right to the booth for review i think it's a great call but it's something that i think it's a great you know rule implemented here but it, they're kind of they were kind of forced to do it like what if that didn't happen um in the playoffs with the saints and the rams you know what i mean like it's pretty much game changing if that call is is made that means the saints go to the super bowl and it's very strange to me that they waited so long to do that and it's very strange to me as well that this is the only rule change being applied to calls and non-calls because then you have you have holding which is very common in the NFL for offenses and if how come you can't call that either like you know what I mean like if if an offensive lineman holds later in the game at a very crucial part in the game again holding calls are missed and they're all the time and they're they're barely even called people see them in broad daylight and they still don't call it and it it really changes the outlook on a game because you bring back a 75 yard catch uh, for a touchdown all the way back to the other side of the field and you got and it could result in a in a in a three and out. You know what I mean. So uh, hopefully this changes a bit. This is a, this is definitely a forced thing. I definitely think uh, Sean Payton pushed for this rule to be implemented, and a lot of teams did as well, um, considering the outrage that was brought up upon um, in the playoffs. So I'm ex- I'm excited to see how this goes. I'm excited to see how the blindside block works and blindside tackles work. Um, hopefully this the thing is with the NFL is they're going to be changing rules year in and year out. If you change these type of rules, it's going to affect another rule. It's just a big domino effect. So I definitely think that's going to change a lot more other lot other calls as well. So um, a brand new thing that just came out today. At 5 p.m., it's currently 6 p.m., uh, the AAF has suspended all activities like games and everything because it looks to me that they're going to fold. And I know I always talk NFL on this show, but I what I wanted to really get to about the AAF because I was really rooting for them and the only way they were going to be able to work is if the NFL Players Association the NFLPA would help them out by signing young players on the practice squad so they bring in those guys and what the AAF is is they pretty much bring in second tier players or players that really need a second chance and they can't get on a 53-man roster they come to the AAF and they kind of show their talents there and eventually they can get signed by the NFL like they could leave at any time they're not under any they are under a contract to make money, but they're not under a contract that they need to stay with the AAF full-time, which I thought was a great rule. And they're actually implementing new rules where they don't need to call flags on everything. And, you know, they have the sky cam and stuff like that. And they also have, you know, cameras in the booths where you could actually see why they make the call. And they have every they have players mic'd up as well during games. And it was really looking up for them. And, you, and also the XFL is coming into fruition soon. And I think if they follow the same trends as them, they're gonna be they're not gonna be helped by the NFL. But if thing if things end up being the same, no one's gonna want to play. So it's very confusing. They were towards the end of their season, and I think they had a pretty decent year. Um, I know they had trouble filling seats, but how are you gonna do that in the first year? 
what everyone's argument is, no one's going to want to show up to watch these guys. They don't want to watch second-tier players unless it's college players. So what I've heard in another podcast, specifically Veterans Minimum, which I'm a fan of, so go check those guys out, SoundCloud and, po- SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. They said that the only way you're going to fill seats is by asking a guy like Trevor Lawrence or like guys like Tua who's going to be entering next year's draft, you know, these upcoming guys. If you ask them, uh, you know, hey, hey, here – is a two, three-year deal worth all this money, and you're going to be extended, and that's another way to get in the NFL if you want to. Maybe even start a league that is competing with the NFL. That's going to change the aspect of college football and like college in general, where you have to pay, you have to eventually pay the players so they don't leave to go to these, um, you know, these uh, these different leagues and they stay to fill seats because that's what college is pretty much all about: is that they're filling seats with these young talents, but they're not getting paid. So that's something you have to do, and then. Unfortunately, the NFLPA wasn't helping the AAF. I think they were doing just fine up to that point. I think they had a poten- they had potential to grow. I definitely turned on the TV once I heard Johnny Manziel was going to the Memphis Ex- Memphis Express, but that didn't that's not working out for him right now. It's only two games in, but now they're now they're suspended from doing anything in operations. So I'm not sure. Um, NFL is very corrupt in that sense because they said they were going to help him and they didn't end up doing it. It's just very very strange. Um, I got an update here that Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson, who is entering the final year of his deal, has given the team an April 15th deadline to complete negotiations on a new contract. Um, I definitely think they're going to extend him. Uh, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure how they are ca- doing cap-wise, but um, you definitely got to bring a guy like Russell Wilson back. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it um any way shape or form so they're gonna they're gonna bring him back and i'll be surprised if anything different happens here so you know i'm excited to see what happens april 15th when that comes around they're gonna give him probably a very lucrative deal i don't think russell wilson is begging to being the highest paying quarterback in the league there's a lot of guys that haven't really proved proven their worth as being the highest paid in the league so you got guys like jimmy garoppolo who was injured this season who has to come back and really adjust to his new his new team with new faces and then you got Derek carr who signed a very massive contract hasn't done anything Matt Stafford hasn't done anything. He has potential to be an MVP candidate year in and year out, and he doesn't do it. And then you have guys on rookie deals that are like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, who we all know and love, who put up the who put up a fifty yard, fifty yard, fifty touchdown passes this season, and he's still on a rookie deal. You know what I mean? It was his first year coming out party, and you have these guys who've been in the NFL for a long time, and they can't seem to put it together. I'm not sure, man. Um, but Russell Wilson is exciting to watch year in and year out for sure. Lastly, what I wanted to know, and then we'll wrap up the show here. I know it's a short episode, but there hasn't really, really been much going on this week as of yet. Watch me turn off the podcast, and then there will be so much more news coming out via trades and via signings and blah, blah, blah. But we'd cover that next week. But the last thing I wanted to cover here, which is very interesting. So, like I mentioned before, Duke Johnson has it has shown that he wants to be traded. Um, this week, uh, Freddie Kitchens reported to a voluntary workout program that they have that Duke Johnson and Emmanuel Ogba didn't show up in anticipation they would be traded, um, and w- which happened eventually. So the Browns traded defensive end Emmanuel Ogba to the Chiefs, um, which is very interesting because the Chiefs need all the help they can get on their defense, of course. And uh, I think they picked up Eric Murray from that trade, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have it in front of me right now. Um but yeah, uh, it's a good thing for the Chiefs, um, but for the Browns, I feel you know they have Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon, so they don't really need him. But I feel like depth there would have helped a lot. I like Emmanuel Ogba's game. He's not the worst player in the world. He's not the best player in the world either. He has a massive upside as opposed to having a a low floor. You know what I mean? 
Um, so, you know, that's a good good pickup by the Chiefs. I feel like you're going to see a lot of trades and signings happen now where the Browns, uh, where the, their GM, John Dorsey, was previously the GM for the Chiefs before being let go. Um, he'll, he definitely has some connections over there in Kansas City, and he'll consider uh, picking up some guys over there if they're left behind. So, that being said, I'm going to wrap up the show here. Um, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Again, I know it's been a short episode. I'm going to have Chris next week. We're going to probably have some more news, hopefully. It's not as slow as this week, um, but it was his birthday today, so I want to wish him a You hear me right now? <laughs> I wanted to wish him a happy birthday. Hopefully, he's having a great day. He'll, be com- he'll come back to work next week, and we'll get right back to it. So that being said as well, uh, make sure to follow our Twitter account, Franchise Tag Pod. You get the latest updates on the newest NFL news, and you'll get updates on whenever our new episode is released, which will be today, which is a Tuesday. So you get some new episodes every Tuesday. Uh, make sure you stick around. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on another platform. Um, you can listen on any th- anywhere you stream podcasts. So if you're also listening on Spotify, you can do that. If you want to go on Google Play, Google Play, <laughs> uh, yeah, Google Play, you could do that as well. Sorry, um, but yeah, make sure to follow the Twitter account and uh, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Take care. Hey.